6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. I wanted to get to this. The push continues for a multi-sport training and event venue in the city of Edmonton. Now, last week, you'll remember that we talked uh, about the effort by a group of local organizations to try to get the old Quad Coliseum turned into a multi-use facility. Uh, But because of the deal the city has with the Oilers Entertainment Group about what the Coliseum could be used for, well... It's not going to go forward. It, it, it can't happen. So now the group has its sights set on the Edmonton Expo Centre. So how would that work? Let's find out with Paul Sir, the Executive Director of the Alberta Basketball Association. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. Nice to be with you, Jalen. Thank you. Yeah. No, well, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> try, try again when you first don't succeed, right? So it didn't happen with the Coliseum. Must have been disappointed because I know the push was on, on for that. You turn look at the Expo Centre now. Um, give us an idea of, of what the plan would be then for the Expo Centre if this was to go ahead. What does it look like? Well, Jalen, I think if sports teaches you anything, it does teach you persistence. And so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and I think with the Expo Centre, what we have is a centre that, that hosts a lot of great events. But the reality is, there's a lot of time when the halls sit empty during the course of the year. So basketball, volleyball, and athletics, uh, I, I think it's safe to say three like-minded uh, groups who work really hard for their membership and trying to find new facilities is the priori- priority, particularly now with COVID, Jalen, and the, mm-hmm. the stress that it's placed on schools. It's going to be you know, people can say, well, you know, why won't schools let people back in? Or they, they, and, and they can have some legitimate concerns about that. But the reality is it's an expense and it's a risk for the schools as well. And so when we looked at the Expo Center, we, we put, put our heads together. and We came up with a concept for one of the, to use one of the halls as a multi-sport facility as a pilot project. So in Hall E, we have a three-on-three basketball court two full basketball courts, a, a a sprint track, a pole vault pit, and three volleyball courts, <laughs> all in one hall. So we, I think what we did is we demonstrated the creative use of that space, existing space, so you don't have to go through shovels in the ground to create facilities. So, so we came forward with pro, a proposal for consideration, and this is just the first stage of just showing what it would look like if halls a for volleyball, B for basketball, and C for athletics were, re- were uh, repurposed for that. They could also be adaptable and flexible for events as they come as well. So you really utilize the existing space, provide more opportunities for, uh, for sports, sports tourism in our city, but you still need the flexibility to work with Expo when they have exhibits and uh, groups coming through. Wow. I, you know, I, I think you forget how big those halls are. You talk about what was in Hall E, and you have the three-on-three basketball court, the full court, uh, sprint track, and uh, volleyball courts. It's like, oh, my goodness, all of that fits in there. But those are mad. They're massive, massive halls. And, you know, I think there's going to be, and you touched on it, so I want to dive into, like, just drill down a little bit on on some of this. You know, people are, are going to be asking, what about those trade shows? What about when those all pick up again? How is that going to work? 
how do we schedule that? And again, I, I get that this is all in the very early stages, but those those trade shows, uh, you know, would, would bring in a lot to the Expo Center as well. And we are not looking as a group to replace them or displace them, uh, Jalen, at all. Uh, a big part of this is we understand what their core business is, and it's an important part of Edmonton for sure. But so is sports tourism. And so, and, and by sports tourism, I mean everything from international events to grassroots events that can take place in all of the sports as well as other sports. Like this really is a collaborative effort. Add into it, Jalen, that this will also have accessibility for the communities in the city as well. So it's going to increase the capacity, not just for the sports playing, but for other sports as well. And the great thing about the design in each of the halls, as we have it right now, is that uh, the track, for instance, is a genius design. It's a 200-meter indoor banked track that can be uh, hydraulically leveled to the court, a cover put over it, and then exhibitions can take place. Our basketball courts can either be covered or disassembled and stored. Same with volleyball. So wow. we're, we're very mindful of the, of the core use of the Expo Center, and we're looking for ways to collaborate and not looking for it to be 365 days a year for sport. I mean, we'd love it to become that, but if it doesn't, <laughs> that's fine as well. We, we, you know, we've accommodated, I think all, I, I think everybody's trying to be, like I said, using the term mindful or the overuse term mindful, but everybody's <laughs> trying to be considerate of what the realities are that everybody's dealing with. And Paul, sir, joining me this afternoon. All right, let's talk money. I mean, y you know, it, it sounds really good, and and what it what I'm hearing right now, I I love the idea of it. But I can tell you, people always want to know how much is this going to cost? How much is this going to cost the taxpayer? How much potential could there be to bring money into Edmonton? So let's let's start with the cost first off to do something like this. Our vision right now, Jaylen, is that. For what I described to you, and in the volleyball court, there would be uh, six hardwood courts, three synthetic courts. In the basketball court, in the basketball arena, there would be two hardwood courts and three uh, full uh, synthetic courts and four three-on-three -three courts. And then wow. the 200-meter multi-purpose facility for athletics. And that's another important part of this. Curtains can be dropped down so other sports can utilize all three halls. But in the case of athletics, you can have baseball uh, hitting cages. You can have a tennis court put in there. You can put other basketball or volleyball courts in there. There are a lot of uses for it. So the, the budget right now, it's around $15 million. It could be more than that. It could be less than that after we go through our study. But we're what I would say, and this is with all due respect, because we have a lot of marvelous recreation centers uh -huh. around the city, but boy, they cost a lot more than $15 million. So would, do you think that we would see the closure, the potential closure of other rec facilities, maybe some of the older ones around the city, if something like this went on? Absolutely not. This is not designed to displace. It is meant to increase capacity because of demand we have the demand for basketball i mean it's a uh, 
second most popular sport in the world, uh, most popular sport along with soccer with new Canadians. Toronto Raptors winning the title two years ago has caused an explosion in participation. Winning always does. Volleyball has lots of capacities. Same with athletics. So we're not looking for anything to close. In fact, we're looking for collaboration with other facilities such as the Great Savile Center on the south side. So this is not to displace. It's not to close. It's not to replace. It is to increase capacity. So uh, I look forward to the opportunity in our next part of our conversation, Dylan, to talk about what it will bring to Edmonton in terms of money. <laughs> That's where we're going to go because, uh, you know, I've, I've been reading articles that suggest that, that, you know, we could have, you know, major events here. You talk about sports tourism. I mean, in the grand picture, what is being pictured and what would that mean for the coffers for the city, do you think? A lot. And I mean an awful lot. Uh, I think... Uh, one fact about the Expo Center I didn't realize is it's the second largest exhibition center in Canada. Like you, you use the term massive. This is one big place. <laughs> now, when we talk when we talk sports tourism, volleyball Alberta was part of a volleyball Canada Super Nationals uh, event that happened in 2018. The economic impact of that event was somewhere between 40 and 50 million dollars for that event that happened over a, a, a course of many, many days. Athletics has the World Seniors Games coming to Edmonton in 2023. That will bring in four, 5,000 athletes plus their accompanying uh, spectators that are going to come in and spend money here. That will result in millions of dollars being spent. Basketball, we can when we run our youth provincial championships, for instance, we have 140 teams, of which 80 come from out of town. But we can run events much, much bigger here that will bring in teams from all over Canada and the U.S., a Super Nationals in basketball as well. Volleyball is going to host another Super Nationals in 2021. Uh, realistically, Jalen, this will bring in tens of millions of dollars on an annual basis in sports tourism revenue. Paul, you're making me want to play basketball and volleyball again with all of this talk here. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, my knees and my shoulders don't, my knees and my shoulders can't hold up any longer. Um, okay, so, um, so what happens? Or you know, before, are, are there any other centers like this in Canada, or you, or maybe even in North America that you're looking to, going, hey, they're doing a really good job at this, and maybe this is something that we could model our potential center after you know if people wanted to find out more or is this or is this really a a a new to us idea i would love to say we thought of this all jaylen but no (laughs) we stole every idea we could from everywhere else there there are numerous examples of multi-sport facilities around one in particular uh, uh not this big. That is unique. Okay. I, w- yeah. I will say that. Thank you. Okay, we did invent something new. That's good. That's even better. <laughs> but but there but there's a, uh, an old arena, a repurposed arena in Kansas City, Kemper Arena, uh, that uh, was built in the 70s and then was mothballed and then converted into a multi-sport community facility that's been wildly successful. Mm. And so what we, what we just looked at, uh, to, to be quite honest, is... If we took one hall for each sport, could that then expand into all halls having all kinds of different sports there? And, and think of this, uh, too, 
Jay Lynn, and I, you know, and I urge our community to, to envision this as well. Every day when people are going into the center to play volleyball, basketball, or, or run in athletics or train in baseball, that means mom and dad's coming with them. Food and beverages are there. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna wait around for their children to complete their their sports activities. They're gonna buy something. Weekend tournaments, parking gets paid for. Uh, again, uh, you get all of the all of the, the business around uh, all the food and beverages there. Like this goes way way beyond just what's on the court. It goes way beyond uh, just what's uh, on the track. It goes into all aspects of healthy business, sports business in our city. So we, we, yeah. we really believe it's utilizing what we've got to make something unique, special, and by the way, Jalen, to be the very best in Canada. That's our goal. What's, re- what's really important to note, too, as well, is, I mean, there's a whole re- redevelopment plan in the works for that whole area when it comes to neighborhoods, community, all of that sort of thing. So this could be like a real um, major uh, piece of, this, uh, of the puzzle. So, Paul, before I let you go, what happens next? Where are we at with this? I mean, we're looking at going into a, uh, taking a look at a feasibility study. Uh, yeah. Are there are there timelines on this right now? Not exact, but with urgency, I would say, Jaylen. Like we're, we're, one of the reasons we love this project so much is that if we can come back and we can find the funding through the various levels of government, through corporate sponsors, however, we have to scratch and claw to get it. If we can get this done, we can be operational within a relatively short period of time compared to shovels in the ground and starting from yeah. scratch. Mm-hmm. So the, the thought of being able to be phasing in operations not that far down the road is very exciting. And it's also the thought of hosting major events not that far, far down the road is also very exciting. We just look at this as a huge asset in the community at a low cost compared uh, compared to other uh, uh, other opportunities that I think not just our city's looking at, but that all cities look at. We've got a real gem here, and we want to take advantage of it. And, Paul, we'll be watching it closely. I look forward to chatting with you again in the future. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Jaylen. Take care. Paul Sir joining us. He is the executive director of Alberta Basketball Association. What do you think about what you just heard? Let me know at 780-496-0063. I think it sounds great. Again, cost is always uh, got to rank right up there. But what do you think? Let me know. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.